could. All right, so everything you just said, I need you to say it again. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. All the, you got to recreate story? all that charm. All okay. All yeah. right. Um, okay, so do you need to start over? Um, hey, guys. This is Person About Town. Uh, this is uh, us starting over because apparently I'm a shit at recording things and pressing the appropriate buttons. So uh, back to Caitlin, who's awesome. We love her. Okay, okay. Caitlin. All right. Hi, my name is Caitlin Durante. <laughs> uh, we're in Harvard Yard. Uh, I was telling a story about my last name because Kanice was like, uh, I'm so glad you said that because I didn't know how to say your last name for the first year of knowing you. And I said, I didn't really know how to say it either uh, because I spent the first 22 years of my life pronouncing it uh, Durante because that's how my family pronounces it. Uh, but then I graduated from college and I was like, uh, I'm going to I'm going to reinvent myself. I want to sound more pretentious and everyone already thinks my name is pronounced Durante, so I changed the pronunciation of it legally. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> that's not a thing. Um but yeah, now my name is Caitlin Durante and my family still pronounces their last name Durante and they sound like a bunch of hicks. <laughs> So I know Caitlin through comedy. She is an amazing comedian. Tell me a little bit about how you got started in that. Uh, I got started doing comedy about five years ago. I was living in New York City. Uh, I took a class in stand-up comedy because I was like, hey, I need to make friends. I could take a class, and I want to take a class in something where I might meet some cool people. Uh, and that didn't happen. I didn't meet cool people, but <laughs> I did develop an interest in doing stand-up. So uh, I just kind of continued to pursue it. Um, I went to a few open mics, but right around that time, I was deciding that I needed to quit my job in New York. So I moved to Pennsylvania, um, where in the town where I went to college, State College, and there's no comedy scene there, but Penn State is there, and they had a student-run comedy organization, which I snuck my way into. I was like, uh, I'm not really a student anymore. <laughs> Uh, but I want to join your club, and they're like, "Well, you're a girl, so yes, you can be in this." Yeah, there's like one or two, one or two other girls. Uh, so they let me do stand up with them. They had like a few shows. One, the weirdest show that I did there, we got booked to do a, a show in the basement of a McDonald's restaurant, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, and I mistakenly got a little tipsy beforehand. Uh, and I didn't really remember my jokes, and it was not a good time. But so then, so yeah, so then I just kept doing it. I moved to Boston, uh, and I've been here for four years, and I've just been doing comedy ever since. Nice. So you moved to Boston four years ago. When did Harvard Yard become your favorite place? Um, Harvard Yard became my favorite place shortly after moving here. I don't live far from here and I found myself just like walking through it almost on a daily basis either to get to the tea or just to like hang out in Harvard Square so it's it's my favorite because it's just so like it's never like overwhelmingly crowded on any occasion it's I love all the the greenery um I love the aesthetic of all the old Harvard buildings um and I don't know there's just always like interesting people like hanging around so yeah. tell them a little bit about what you're seeing now we are on the yard yeah we're near the library that's the library right i don't know yeah, sure. <laughs> i think there are lots of libraries 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, we are we're in a grassy little nook. Um, there's a lot of red brick uh, buildings. Um, I'm guessing they've been here for hundreds of years. Yeah. I don't know. I should have investigated my favorite place <laughs> a little bit more, done some research. But, um, yeah, people are milling about. There's some babies screaming. Yeah. They can stop that at any time. <laughs> but, um, realize, like, every time a baby's screaming, you don't just put a pacifier in its mouth. Like, what, the second it starts. Yeah, I don't know. I would. <laughs> Like, just but. in a strap, you can keep around the baby's head. So, like, just pop it in there second they start getting too loud. Um, I think some babies have the ability to spit them right back out. Maybe oh, that's what maybe happens. It's yeah. gross. All right. Well, yeah, it looks very much like uh, a movie set of a college. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oddly enough, though, um, and I should have done more research about this, too, but um, they Harvard does not allow film crews to shoot anywhere on campus yeah uh so movies like the social network uh, which take place largely at harvard are never actually shot like on campus i might be totally making this up i think that's true jt said something about this my best friend and he um i believed it so i'm now (laughs) relaying this information on this podcast So, yeah. So, uh, so look it up. I might be right. I might be wrong. It's your responsibility as listeners <laughs> to figure this shit out for yourselves. Right. So what's, like, the most memorable moment? Like, you said memorable moment. You know what I mean. Uh, you said that you've just kind of walked around here because it's so close to your house. What's one thing that you're like, yeah, like, when I come here, I think of this? Um, eh, when I, um, I don't know. I probably just, uh... I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily like elicit any specific memory or like event. It's uh, it's just become so familiar. And I don't know. Maybe most people like something so familiar, like they wouldn't really think twice about it, or there wouldn't be like their favorite um, place. But I don't know. I just I don't know. This is a bad answer. <laughs> I wanted you on and why I wanted you on now is because you're about to move to Los Angeles. So. Yeah, true story. (laughs) So do you think that this is a place that you're going to visit when you come back? What other things are you going to miss when you live on the other side of the country? Uh, Yeah, I will totally. um, I'm pretty sure this car is not allowed to be here. But. uh, Yeah, I will totally come back to this neighborhood. I love... um, Cambridge, Somerville area, uh, and I will definitely miss living here a lot. Uh, I'm excited to move to LA, but um, there's a lot I'm gonna miss about uh, this area. One, like the architecture in LA mm-hmm. is like hideous. It's disgusting. <laughs> the plant life is all weird. It's like these weird palm bush trees things. Greenery. Yeah, yeah. Really, like artificial-looking plants that I don't, that I think are plastic, and they just put there. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's going to be like a complete culture shock in every uh, like spectrum and every aspect of my life. Um, so yeah, I'm totally going to miss living here in the Boston area. Um, you probably had another part to that question. I don't remember what it was though. Um, just like. 
where you'd visit, but also, I guess, like, you have some really significant friendships here. Like, do you think it'll be difficult to maintain those as you start your program? Uh, yeah, I don't, it'll definitely take more effort than, you know, you're used to having to put in. Because uh, when you live in the same place as someone, you just say, hey, let's go for a drink, or let's hang out, or I'll come over. Um, and that takes effort, but it's not, it's something you would probably do anyway. Yeah. But when you're, you know, having to maintain a friendship with someone who's 3,000 miles away, um, there's, it's hard because this, this tends to happen, you know, it's like out of sight, out of mind. So yeah. if you're not seeing this person regularly, you know, you, it, it takes, you have to put more like cognitive effort into, oh shit, I need to text this person about yeah. this or like I, that we need to have a weekly phone call or, you know, we, uh, need to keep this person caught up on stuff in my life. So, um, yeah. And, uh, so it's going to be it's going to be tricky especially since I anticipate being pretty busy with um an in, uh, my internship um my classes I have to take yeah, uh tell me about the program that you're going to be in Yeah so I'm doing um a program affiliated with BU where I went to school it's called BU in LA <laughs> So clever <laughs> um and I'm going to be doing a couple classes and doing an internship. Uh, I just got an internship with Conan. Uh, so I will be helping out on that show. Nice. And, uh, yeah, so I'll do that for the fall semester. And then it'll kind of be up to me to uh, network and meet people and hopefully meet someone who knows someone who needs an assistant or something <laughs> like that. Uh, and, yeah, I'm going to try to uh, infiltrate the film industry, the film TV industry. So what preparations have you made for moving so far? Uh, I have been stress packing <laughs> and stress eliminating uh, where I will, like, rummage through my belongings and be like, I haven't used this in like a week. I don't need it anymore. Like, why, why do I even have this? And I'll like throw away things I probably do need to take with me. Uh -huh. But um, I am only taking what I can fit in my car. You're only, in your Prius? Not even in like a my, van? Yeah, in my, my little Prius. So it has a reasonable amount of trunk space. You'd be surprised. But... Um, yeah, so it. Uh, I'm only taking what I can fit in there, so no furniture, basically just my clothes, some books, like my DVDs, mm -hmm. and like some kitchen crap. And um, yeah, so uh, I have a lot of crap that I need to like not bring with me, so I've been like furiously posting things on Craigslist for sale, mm -hmm. donating a bunch of books and clothes to different places and just like really getting rid of basically everything I own nice. but it's kind of liberating um I think some people would uh I don't know they might be emo like you know oh this all this stuff I have these emotional attachments to this but I'm just no so I'm like I, I can pick up and go whenever I want it's great I have nothing holding me back <laughs> so all right so one thing that Caitlin and I talk about a fair amount is dating. Uh, what are some differences you have seen or have heard between the Boston scene and the LA scene? 
Uh, well, I've had uh, virtually zero success at dating in the Boston scene. Um, I don't know if it'll be any better or worse <laughs> in L.A., but um, I've heard on, I don't know, different like, just TV shows that are set in L.A., people are always like, you don't date in L.A. Like, this is not something that happens. Wait, what do they I don't know. Um, I'm mostly, mostly taking this from uh, an episode of Entourage, <laughs> which probably isn't the best source. I don't know if that's the type of guy, guys you should be dating. I don't think that's... Uh, you mean celebrities? <laughs> All I have ever wanted is a celebrity boyfriend. Um, no, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I've already joined... I've, I've reactivated my OkCupid account, uh -huh. and I have set my my location to to LA. Right. So I'm like, tr I'm like corresponding with people that in a city I don't even live in yet. But how are the correspondences good so far? Um, a couple have been all right. Okay. Some of them, I get I've gotten a really a lot of like either very boring messages that just say like, "Hey, what's up?" Um, that have like message. no, yeah, yeah. So this garbage message. Yeah. Um, or and this has happened to some extent so far from guys from L.A., but it's also happened a lot from um, guys in, like, Boston. They'll say something horrible like, um, oh, you're a comedian, tell me a joke. Or, like, yeah. oh, uh, you say you're a comedian, but your profile wasn't that funny. Or, like, <laughs> oh, you're too pretty to be funny. And I'm just like, oh, go to hell. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> like, are you trying, if you're trying to, like, try to get me to respond to you and like cultivate some sort of relationship you are failing miserably yeah. at getting me interested in you so um yeah I um we'll see I, I do plan to you know try to navigate the dating scene in LA nice. again I don't know how successful I'll be um but yeah uh hopefully hopefully there's a celebrity boyfriend out there for me yeah there could be. There's, there are lots of pseudo-celebrities. Let's walk over here. Yeah, all right. All right, so tell us what we're looking at now. Uh, we are in the, um, it's more of a cement knoll nook. <laughs> uh, there's lots of um, chairs and tables and umbrellas. And then I forget what that thing is called with all the rocks that used to have, like, fountain, like, water coming out of it. This thing's straight ahead. So do you remember when, like, so there were, it was like a mist field. Um, the oh. mist field, is that what people called it? I don't know. Something, there'd be, like, mist just, like, coming out among these rocks, and, like, kids would run and play in it and stuff. They haven't had that for probably a few years now. They did some, like, construction with it, and I don't know what's up. But, um, so, yeah, we're in that. If, if anyone knows what the hell I'm talking about, probably yeah. not, because I'm not a, describing it. There's well. a food truck and a... Like a food stand or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Science cream. Center yeah. is right ahead of us. Um, and then, yeah. Ooh, the ice cream. The cafeteria is right over there. It looks like Hogwarts to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice. There's still a lot of people milling about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm smelling the food and it's it smells good. Yeah, I've suddenly become hungry. Um, I'm maybe, I'm I'm quite a bit lactose intolerant. Oh yeah, never so, mind. Just kidding. But I eat it all the time anyway. <laughs> it, it doesn't end well, but. There's a giant chest 
Discord. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where the pieces are, but I see oftentimes are you not so people. Scared? I don't know. People do like stand on it and they play like this giant. It's like wizard's chess. Speaking of Harry Potter, nice. uh, except the pieces don't come to life and like stab each other. Mm. But um, yeah, I don't know. And they have checkers too. They have ch giant wooden chess pieces and checkered pieces. Um, they have a bunch of ping pong tables and. I don't know if they still have them, but they had foosball tables. Do you want to go see yeah, if they still have those? Yeah. Let's go check out the foosball. Uh, I saw a YouTube clip of people who had constructed a life-size foosball what? arena. You <laughs> and to yeah, pole? yeah, exactly. What? So they had, like, these rotating uh, poles that could, like, slide vertically. Uh. Uh, um or no, horizontally, and uh, you just, like, hold on to the pole, and they'd have, like, a soccer ball or, like, a bouncy ball of some kind, and people were just, like, kicking it around, and, and yeah. It wasn't a great idea, and it's like, why don't you guys just play soccer if you're going to go through all the trouble? Oh, yeah, yeah. They have all kinds of little yep. crannies. Yeah. Ping pong. There's some other old stuff. The highway. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I like these, these um, entrances, too, with the like the gates and the, the brick. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. It says Porter Square that way. Do they... Where are the foosball tables? They might have... I think... Let's see. Yeah. They, they might have gotten rid of them, though. But, uh, yeah, that was the story of my video watching on YouTube. The force with which I play foosball, I don't imagine they'd be able to recreate that. Like, the way you slam the bars around and whatnot. Yeah, because most of the time, if you're playing foosball, you're, like, whipping them so that the people spin and spin and spin. People weren't doing this in this, this clip I watched, but... Uh, they probably should. That would be terrifying, but also very interesting to watch. <laughs> like, just people vomiting all over the ball. Like, oh, no. <laughs> it's coming towards me again. <laughs> well, it looks like they got, they, they were, like, right here, so they got rid of them. Do you want to sit down? Sometimes? Yeah, let's sit down. Yep, got to do the old woman sound when I sit down now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because of this book bag, but I, I feel a little bit old. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're getting we're we're getting ripe. We're in our mid late twenties. So. Yeah. Um, I think I'm in my late late twenties. No, late late twenties is twenty nine. Really? Mid late twenties is twenty eight. Okay. Early late twenties is twenty seven. <laughs> it's a whole science. And then mid twenties is twenty four to twenty six. Yeah. So okay. twenty four would be your early mid twenties. 25 is your mid-mid-20s, right. and, and 26 is your late-mid-20s. What? <laughs> just, yeah. This is like a whole communication system that I didn't know about. No, I just have made the, this up. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but I believe you. It sounds reasonable. Um, I kind of got the idea from an episode of The Simpsons where, uh, I can't remember if it's Bart or Lisa, but he says something like, uh, oh, enjoy the upper, lower, middle class. <laughs> He's talking to some other character, mm. and it's like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like that's the class that I grew up in socioeconomically. And I'm like, yeah, upper, that's, that's lower, upper, lower, middle class. So like if we're talking percentiles, that's 40th percentile. Um, so it's upper, but lower. Mm, 
but in the middle still? Well, I don't, the only uh, percentiles I understand in terms of that is like the 99% and then the 1%, so I don't know <laughs> where any other people fall. <laughs> I was like, I don't think 98 is middle class. <laughs> I know that. No, 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 that's still, um, like the 98th percentile I think is still quite well. Yeah. Well, so wealthy. Milton millionaires? Millionaires. Yeah. I've given um, up on the idea of being one. Of being a millionaire? Yeah. I'd like to be, but... Well, just take my idea, get a celebrity boyfriend, and then, you know, it might happen. Yeah. But, I don't know, I feel like a celebrity's too uh, wishy-washy. Their millionaire success could come and go. That's true. I gotta get, like, banker boyfriend. Or, or like, something. real estate tycoon. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're you're right. I'll open up my yeah. My like, <laughs> you're gonna be in LA. You have every type of millionaire sure. there. It sure, also sure, helps sure. that there are the celebrities ones. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. There's a lot to choose from. Yeah. Um, I hope everyone knows I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I hate all that. Like, I'm I'm basically a socialist, so <laughs> I'm not really looking for like someone with money. I don't think anyone's. Like, <laughs> yeah, Caitlin. She seemed nice. What a gold digger. <laughs> Yeah. So it's summertime in Boston. You've endured the winters. What do you think sets Boston summer apart from the weather that you'll be generally experiencing in L.A. all the time? Uh, well, Boston summers uh, are much more humid, uh, and they, uh, as a result, are terrible. <laughs> um, I actually don't really like the sun, I try to avoid it when I can. And you're moving um, to LA. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I try to, I like shady spots, um, but I also hate snow. Um, if it, if the weather was like 65 to 70, um, 0% humidity and like a nice breeze with like the sun out, I can, I can handle that, which I, from what I understand, it's not far from what LA weather is like. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Okay. I dig it. I miss it. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I I do love the fall. I love, um, like, the leaves changing mm. and, and just, like, the crisp, cool air of um, autumn. But I will not miss winter. <laughs> I will not miss, like, the sweltering summers, really. I won't um, miss, like, the constant rain that always seems to be happening. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to <laughs> a constant 75 degree. Yeah. The worst temperature. Is June gloom. Mm. Uh, I think it's May to June where for some reason the temp the high instead of 75 is 65. I'll and it's take just it. a bit cloudy. And they call that the June gloom. Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> so what other opportunities will you have comedically living in Los Angeles versus Boston? Um, from what I understand, there's more stage time, at least in terms of like op open mics. There mm -hmm. are like are uh, a significant amount more um, open mics than there are in Boston. Um, there are more comedy clubs. Uh, not to say that I will like be doing shows there right away or anything like that, but um, it just seems there's just a, a bigger scene and therefore more opportunity. Uh, and more opportunity to uh, grow because, you know, Boston is a great place to do comedy and uh, I've loved doing it here, but you kind of like plateau at some point because, mm -hmm. you know, there, you, you know, you can only do so many sets at the same club, but, you know, 
before you're like, oh, what's the what's the next step kind of thing. So yeah. that's why people, you know, move to New York or L.A. to like try to make a name for themselves. And you've already done New York. I've done New York, but I did not make a name for myself <laughs> there. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll give L.A. A, a shot. Nice. And before you mentioned that you had to get out of the job that you had in New York, what was the job you had in New York? Um, I was working at a literary management company, uh, literary and film management, and um, it was a great job on paper. Uh, I got to like read manuscripts and read scripts and write coverage. Um, I had a lot of correspondence with people in Hollywood to like set meetings and like write pitch letters and stuff like that. But um, uh, in reality, it was not a very good job because my boss was a total dick. Uh, he was like sexist, he was homophobic, he was just like a horrible human being. Uh, and I hope he listens to this so he knows how I feel. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we have uh, a huge <laughs> of people that I know right now. Uh, so I just had, I had to quit. I couldn't, I stayed there for like seven months and I just couldn't do it for another day. Got it. So I quit. And then if you don't have a job in New York, it's kind of hard to uh, be alive there. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, it's so expensive. So yeah, I left. Nice. And you came here and you moved in with JT? Yeah. Um, yeah, so he and I have lived together for the past four years and then we lived together for a year in college and we've been like best friends for like almost a decade now. It's nice. Been, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, we'll have to get him to listen to this so that okay. he um, knows how much I appreciate him. <laughs> uh, vulnerability. It's emotion. Yeah, keep yeah. doing that. Keep, keep giving those emotions. It's important. Okay. It makes people. Um, it really, again. yeah, it yeah. makes me seem more um, empathetic, which, you know, who knows if I am? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll keep, I'll keep doing emotions. Nice. And, and Thank then, you. Yeah, no problem. All right. <laughs> uh, recently, you've become more of a vocal feminist. Are these are your words that vibe. Oh yeah. Uh, how uh-huh. is that going? Um, it's, it makes me feel a lot better, um, about myself and it makes me, um, more aware of like who I am and what I want and need, um, especially out of like romance situations. Cause I think I've spent a lot of time being like, oh, well all guys are dicks, uh, but there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm just going to let them treat me like <laughs> dicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, no, I'm not going to stand for that bullshit. Can I swear on this? Too yes, late. of course. <laughs> I was like, I, this is my podcast. If there wasn't swearing, you should be concerned. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, Kenise, what yeah. are you doing? Um, I mean, the only reason why there isn't nudity on this is because it's an auditory. <laughs> only audio? Yeah. yeah, all right. Well, maybe you should get a video podcast going and, it just, and have it be naked, <laughs> naked, naked people. people. Yeah, why not? <laughs> maybe that'll be my next project, naked people. Yeah. It was my first project in film school, actually. Really? Yeah. I, uh, I convinced my professor to let me film two people having intercourse. Uh, Real intercourse? Yeah. Holy shit, that's awesome. Uh, no, it wasn't because at the last minute they dropped out because they're like, oh, she got her period. We can't, we don't want to do it oh. right now. Boo. Yeah, I was like, what, what am I supposed to do now? So my friend stepped up, got naked, and just like rolled around, and it was like weird editing and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I don't think I've ever written or shot anything um, that involved any nudity or like 
very explicit sex happening. Mm. There was, like, implied or, like, it, you don't really see it. Mm. But I don't know why. <laughs> I should write more <laughs> Right, write it, yeah. All my jokes are about it. I'm not sure why I'm not writing movies about it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So you are finishing up your degree in screenwriting. You also do comedy. What are your scripts about, typically? Because you said they're not usually about sex. Right. Um, my The three features are written. Two of them are um, action comedies. Um, one of them is about um, a, a guy who uh, gets a job as a delivery driver for a pizza shop that, um, unbeknownst to him, is a front for the Boston Irish mob. Uh, and he um, has to deal with that situation. Uh, the other one is about a lady um, who is a surveillance person for the FBI uh, and is forced to go undercover in the field for the first time whenever the arms dealer that they're trying to take down falls in love with her. And then the third one is more of a... Um, uh, I'm pitching it as a non-rom-com um, about a lady who is... Uh, obsessed with the idea of uh, the perfect wedding and having the perfect marriage and just being married and um, she right when she thinks her boyfriend is going to um, propose to her he breaks up with her so she hires a life coach to try to help win him back Mm. and um, uh, instead of that really happening she just she develops this nice female friendship with this life coach that she hires so yeah those are my my features um and yeah, I've written a couple shorts. Uh, one's like a sci-fi rom-com. Uh, one is actually one I developed into the pizza delivery driver feature, so that one doesn't count. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, um, it always boils down to me writing a comedy. So if it's like comedy with, you know, a broad comedy or a rom-com or an action comedy, but it's always going to be um a comedy nice yeah that seems to make sense yeah totally (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it would be very strange if like you only did murder mystery well the first feature i attempted in my first semester of grad school um was going to be this like really sad tragic drama about a woman who was a painter who gets in a car accident and goes blind (laughs) And, like, her having to... Yeah, it was horrible. It was not a good idea. At least not one for me to pursue. No. It's basically Beethoven, uh, but a lady in a modern era um, trying to be a blind artist. Nice. So, but, yeah, uh, I was, like, I wrote the first act of it, like, the first 30 pages. Uh And I was, like, I absolutely never want to write a single more word, another word of the script. (laughs) Uh, because I hate the fact that I'm writing this story right now. So I, I dropped it and I yeah. started something else. Nice. Very <laughs> cool. What else? So we're sitting here. We're at Harvard. You are not from Boston. You are from Pennsylvania. Yep, that's right. And you said you earlier described your family as Hicks. Tell me a little bit more um, about your family. <laughs> uh, to be fair to them, they are not Hicks. They are actually pretty normal people, um, uh, in a town full of Hicks. Ah. Um, so I did grow up in a very rural uh, part of Pennsylvania um, where, I'll just give you, uh, try to paint a picture of what my life was like. 
Um, one of the like the fav favorite pastimes of like my classmates was something called possum stomping, which is when like teenage boys go out into like a cornfield in the middle of the night with uh, and then have these like big spotlights and they try to find possums and then when they find them they beat them to death with baseball bats. So that is the kind of thing that went on they, uh, they where I grew up. Like <laughs> shows where they talk about how that's like psychotic behavior. Um, I you would think or psychopathic, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, uh, you, you would think, but I don't know that they have. <laughs> um, so yeah, like everyone had like a, a like a, a four wheeler just like for fun to like drive around and uh, uh, yeah, it was like it was a very like conservative small town. Hmm. Um. In my family, uh, they they certainly I, I called them normal. That was wrong of me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, they they were you know they're they're pretty cool people, but they're like they're kind of like hippies almost. Um, Cause like my dad like builds everything. He's a by trade a bricklayer. Mm -hmm. So like he built our house like with his bare hands. Oh wow! We like have a swimming hole that he like took his backhoe that he just happens to own mm -hmm. and dug out like a hole in the ground and then like built a swimming pool uh, in it. And then so yeah like he's currently building an earth sheltered house because that my parents are moving mm -hmm. um, to be closer to civilization I, I guess. <laughs> um, and so it's basically uh, a hobbit hole is what they're going to live in. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so, like, they build everything, like, buy, like, like do everything themselves. Um, like, to heat our house, they would go out into the woods that I grew up in the middle of and uh, chop down um, or, like, take, like, dead fallen trees and, like, mm -hmm. chop them up, and we would burn those for firewood to, like, heat our house. And, wow. Like, some really, like, Amish shit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I grew up like get, being very used to like chores of like having to like go and gather firewood and like rake the leaves and like mow the big lawn that we had and like all this, all these like outdoor chores that uh, when I like met other people who like grew up in suburbs or cities, they're like, what was your yeah. life? <laughs> I am from the suburbs. I'm also like allergic to everything. So I never had to go into nature for any reason. Yeah, uh, I spent most of my childhood in nature. It was weird. Wow, that's crazy. That's really cool. <laughs> so, like, do you uh, do you maintain some of that skill set? Like, could you chop a log or whatever? Uh, no, my job was to lift the chopped, already chopped logs that my dad uh, would like chainsaw into smaller bits, and then um, I would lift them onto the uh, little tractor that we had, the like wagon thing. Um, but it was so, like yeah. powered by gas. It wasn't like a like a full <laughs> wagon. You said Amish. I just want to make yeah. sure. It was powered by gasoline. Yes. Okay. Um, we also had this big pickup truck uh, that my dad attached like a plow to, and um, I ended up being like one of the better plowers in my family. Mm -hmm. So like my, like they like if it snowed, they'd be like, all right, Caitlin, you have to go plow the driveway because we have this big long driveway yeah. leading up to our house. Um, so yeah, I would do a lot of plowing as like a 14 year old before I even like had my driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> That's so surprising. <laughs> you seem so cosmopolitan. I know. Well, yes, I I very much prefer city living and like I have no interest in ever going and like living anywhere rural uh, or you know like that again um but yeah I guess I do I I've 
I've lived all over. I lived in uh, very small towns, bigger towns, suburbs, cities. Um, so yeah, I've just yeah. I've, I've had it all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So then, since you have lived everywhere, what about Boston? Like besides school, made you say this is where you wanted to live for four years? Um, like I said, I had lived in New York, and I I moved back to a state college for a few months thinking that I was going to move back to New York. I was like going to apply for other jobs and I just needed somewhere cheap to live. Like while I kind of got myself back on my feet. And, um, but then, um, New York sort of evolved into living in Boston. Uh, one, because, um, JT had already moved here for grad school and, uh, he's like, why don't you move here? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then, um, the more I thought about it and the more I visited him, I was like, you know, I really, really like this city. It's it just seems more manageable. It seems um, just like a more pleasant place to live that was more my speed than mm. than New York. Um, New York was very cutthroat. A lot of the people I met really only cared about making money, and it was like just this this like high strung atmosphere that I uh, couldn't really deal with at the time. So I was like, you know what, I'll just go to Boston, I'll get a job in higher ed. Uh, so I kind of like, I did end up sort of abandoning like my interests in like, or like the career I was trying to pursue mm-hmm. in like film and stuff for a while. Uh, but then I like, I, I had the itch and I was like, all right, well, BU is here. They have a good screenwriting program, a good film program, as you know. And uh, I was like, you know, I'll apply if I get in great. Uh, if not, I'll maybe look for another job. And then uh, I got in, did the program, and now I'm, like, ready to take the, the step to go back into pursuing yeah. that saying, career-wise. You're going to work at Conan. You're going to get your scripts made and stuff. Uh, <laughs> what if you recorded on this podcast? Will you give me a job when you're, like, famous? I will very confidently say in, in writing or in spoken, recorded, proof words that yes Yay! yes i will give you a job and 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 you're and you and and your friendship are one of the one of the things i'm going to miss very much <gasps> emotions part two yeah we, we got two <laughs> rounds of emotions on this podcast we also talked about where you're from a surprising twist oh, yeah stuff that you hadn't i hadn't told no, us about no, you oh yeah yeah i try i don't know i don't, I don't talk about it much just kind of I don't know, but nice. all true stories, guys. You heard her, you heard her here first. Yes. <laughs> oh, breaking news. Yeah. Person about town is giving you the scoop that you guys all wanted to hear. It's very cutting edge, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other, like, not like secrets, but <laughs> like stuff about me that, that you wouldn't know that we haven't talked about yet. Mm. I don't think so. Okay. Do you so. want to grab a drink? Yeah, let's go. Where, where's the best place to get a drink around here? Um, like an alcoholic drink? Yeah. Or like a coffee drink? Or let's, like let's a do juice? This, yeah, like a two-part question. I don't care about juice at all. Like coffee. <laughs> <Fuck juice>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, a hundred-pound white woman? <laughs> Please. Um, no, <laughs> coffee place and then separately a drinking place. Uh, well, Pete's... Uh, I don't know if it's called Pete's Coffee Shop or Pete's Cafe or something, but it's sure. Pete's something. Uh, I think it has pretty good coffee. And then my favorite place to get a drink, um, I love Russell House Tavern. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Yeah. Okay, really? We have a plane and an ambulance? Yeah. Oh, yep. There's all kinds of... Well, beyond. Did, yeah, I was like, I did want ambient noises, so... Yeah. This is part Careful of it. Careful what you wish for. Yeah. So, Russell House and Pete's Coffee are the places to go. Uh, yeah. I, those are my votes. Okay. All right, then quick question, final question. Uh, if someone is visiting Boston, you want them to see the most interesting thing. Where do you tell them to go? Um, I would tell them to go, well, I have a few different, like, categories. It's right. by interesting, uh, meaning, like, uh, a something, like, a nightlife thing to go to. Uh, I would tell them to go to, uh, like, one of the comedy clubs here. Mm -hmm. uh, comedy Studio is right down the road from where we are right now. They have great shows many nights a week. Um, if it's interesting in terms of, like, visually beautiful, um, I, w I would suggest they, like, take a walk on the Esplanade mm -hmm. and, like, along the river and just, like, see all the, like, kind of the natural beauty there. Um, the very landscaped natural beauty, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's improved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting in terms of, I don't know, I don't know, I should have thought of this and had a better answer prepared, <laughs> no but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, listeners, it's your responsibility to figure this shit out for yourself. I'm not a walking Google search. Um, no, yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of cool stuff. Um, check out, just go to, like, uh, Harvard Square and like walk around. There's all kinds of like cool shops and little cool little places to eat and stuff like that. So that's the most interesting thing in the ever. All right. Well, <laughs> this has been uh, First About Town. Any last words? Uh, you're welcome for uh, uh, having me show emotions. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. Not we did it. it. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And hopefully that was uh, enlightening or entertaining in any... In I'm not editing yeah. it, so this okay. is what, what you just experienced <laughs> is what they will experience. Great. All right. You're welcome, guys. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. This is Stop.